Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to the European Hoops Podcast. We are a sports eaters presentation. We bring you all the coverage you need of the EuroLeague. We recap and preview all the action and cover all the news surrounding the competition. Join us on this ride and learn more about some of the best basketball played in the world. Make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Eaters EuroLeague. Are you hanging in there, Diogo, without EuroLeague to watch? Uh, it's been tough, man. It's been tough. Uh, <laughs> luckily for us, we have the World Cup coming up and uh, we'll be covering that as well. So hopefully... Hopefully, uh, it will be easier, uh, easier summer to, to get into EuroLeague next year. Uh, but uh, let's get into it, man. Yeah, today we continue our series of team recaps to try to bring you guys some nice content when while we don't have EuroLeague games to watch. This time around, we will talk about Barcelona that ended this edition of the EuroLeague in fourth place. A reminder that we will be posting these team recaps every Monday and Wednesday. Barcelona came into this edition of the competition with uh, one of the strongest strongest rosters and uh, as one of the top contenders to win it all. After ending the regular season in second place, Barcelona swiped Zalgiris in the, their playoff series, but with a disappointing performance in the final four, the Spanish team lost in the semifinals for Real Madrid and uh, in the game for third place against Monaco. One of the biggest sports clubs in Europe, Barcelona is. They have won two times the EuroLeague in uh, 2003 and 2010. This season, Barcelona had a plus 6.1 night rating while ranking 6th in offensive rating and being a top 3 defensive rating team. Duke, what are the strengths of this Barcelona roster and this Barcelona team? I mean, obviously, the, the biggest strength, in my opinion, is their shooting ability because from the point guard position to the center, like everybody can shoot. Uh, in, in the centers, other than Vesely and uh, the kid uh, Naji, uh, Vesely has a decent mid-range. Uh, Naji, uh, I haven't seen much of it. But uh, when you talk about uh, Mike Toby, uh, Sertak Sandley, uh, Miritich at the four, like all of those guys can shoot from three, from mid-range, from everywhere. And then we know about the wings and the guards. So obviously their shooting, uh, I think, is the best aspect for this team. And then the way they, they move the ball and how they are able to, to find those shooters wide open for, for threes. So uh, I think th that's the biggest strength for this team. Uh, then also the star power they have because... When you're able to have Mirotic and Sarensky uh, on the floor at the same time, you can argue that's the best duo in EuroLeague. So uh, I think they, they they really had a chance to, to win the EuroLeague this year. Uh, as you know, uh, I picked them to win and uh, they disappointed me in the Final Four. Uh, but I mean, they had a, an amazing roster like they had for the for the past couple of years. And uh, to, to keep losing uh, in the biggest stage... Uh, obviously something has to change so we'll see what happens with that team we know about the the budget is going to to get cut uh, a lot so we'll see what they're able to do going forward but uh they had an amazing roster they they had a, a nice play style i just think that those rotations uh, kind of hurt them but uh, we'll see what they do we'll see how they bounce back 
I want to choose my words carefully here because I don't want to sound like I am um, minimizing the work that Barcelona does. Barcelona is one of the greatest clubs and uh, has a very well-documented work that uh, is one of the best basketball teams in Europe. I don't mean that. But isn't one of their strengths, their budget, and now maybe talking a bit more for our American listeners here, with the EuroLeague not having a salary cap, the team like Barcelona has a budget that is superior to, to many other teams in the EuroLeague. Are they in trouble with this uh, over 20% cut? And do you think it can be extremely impactful to how competitive this Barcelona team is? Or like other teams with a smaller budget, do you think that they will be able to, without having that uh, advantage, that isn't a real advantage, and one of their biggest strengths, will they be able to put up a, a very competitive a championship level roster? Or do you think that they are in trouble? Uh, I think they are in trouble. Like If you look at that team, uh, obviously Miritic uh, had a, a big portion of the of that salary of that budget and uh, we know that he he like 90% sure he won't continue with Barcelona so obviously that's a, a huge loss because we're talking about a, a top two top three player in Euroleague um, we still don't know if they're going to keep uh, Sarunas as the coach uh, I've heard about Ricky Rubio wanting to come back home but uh, with the budget cut I don't know how that's going to happen uh, we're going to have to see what they do in terms of roster construction but uh, I just think it's going to be so hard to to bounce back like after four or five years with probably the best roster in EuroLeague and they never won it so it's going to be hard to see what they can do but uh, we just gonna, we, we just have to wait because there are a lot of questions in there to, to still be answered uh, the coaching the, the players so we're going to have to wait, but I think it's going to be tough for them to, to bounce back as a contender. But uh, we'll see, man. What do you think? After so many years uh, of having such a big advantage in terms of budget, having to, to do uh, a work that many other teams have been doing uh, of finding players or being able to, to find good contributions with a smaller budget, it might be hard for them. But at the same time, sometimes we see these uh, star pack teams to, to struggle to perform on the court with a lot of um, timeshare in terms of rotations. So it can work as a good team for them, as um, giving a bigger role to their more important players of, um, of squeezing more juice from their key players more than they have been doing during the they did during this season so i think it can end up being a positive but i'm also very curious about their roster construction for next season and that's something we will know more when we do their team preview before of the, the start of next year league season but i'm in the same page as you I think they will have some trouble because it will be very different from uh, what we have seen so far. But uh, we will wait and see. And certainly Barcelona won't become like the worst team in the EuroLeague. They certainly will still have a pretty big budget, even with a 20% cut. They will still be in the top half of the EuroLeague budgets. So they will still be one of the, the biggest clubs in the EuroLeague next season. That's, there is no doubt about it. But I'm also looking forward to see which players they, they will have as part of their roster moving forward but uh, let's now continue to talk about players but let's focus on the individual players that made this one of the best rosters in the competition and took them to the fourth place 
we start by the one that we consider the top player of this roster, uh, our Barcelona MVP, Nikola Mirotic, the Montenegrin 610 power forward with Spanish citizenship that uh, was on his age 32 season. Mirotic is on his ninth EuroLeague season, starting his career with Real Madrid, where he played in the EuroLeague five se- during five seasons before moving to the NBA, when he played with the Bulls, Pelicans and Bucks from 2014 to 2019. And I have to open a parenthesis here to shout out the great Dan Pysbris, one of the brains behind the Sportsitos operation that uh, we are honored to be part of, and that for many years was the Nikola Mirotic guy within the fantasy community. In the 2019, mm-hmm. Mirotic returned to the EuroLeague and to Spain to play for Barcelona, where he was part of the roster for the past four seasons. At the moment of the recording of this podcast, it is reported that uh, the player will be leaving Barcelona next season, but uh, we don't uh, have yet indications of where he will be playing, and uh, we have heard of teams like Monaco being a strong possibility for him. Mirotic has been one of the top players of the EuroLeague, and this season was no exception to that, with the player averaging 15.4 points, 4.3 rebounds, 1.2 assists, 1 steal, and 0.4 blocks per game. He was the competition MVP in the 2021-2022 season, having already five nominations as an all-EuroLeague player, being also the EuroLeague rising star player back in the year of 2012 and the, the year of 2011. He won it in back-to-back years. Duke, what for you makes Mirotic such a dominant player in the EuroLeague? Well, offensively, he can do it all because we know his ability to shoot in the mid-range of the post from three free throws. Like He can do it all offensively. Uh, this year, um, he was like, in my opinion, he was the best player in, uh, in EuroLeague uh, hunting mismatches in the post, like every switch, everything. He was just taking advantage of it and scoring at will. Uh, I think the only knock on him is so far when he when he gets to those big moments. I, I'm not saying he he chokes or whatever it is, but uh, he hasn't performed at the same level as he did in the in the regular season. And I think that's a part of uh, of the reason why Barcelona hasn't been able to win. I'm not blaming him uh, obviously because he's still their best player even when he doesn't have a, a great game. But uh, obviously there's a lot of blame to be thrown around in there. But uh, they haven't been able to win, and they've always had the better roster the better players and so they should have won at least one title so far and they haven't been able to do that so him as the best player he he, he gets some blame there but his ability his talent is just unbelievable uh, we both think he's a top three player in Euroleague uh, he can shoot a lot he, his post play he, he gets fouls whenever he wants he gets to the free throw line and he makes them so uh, we just need to, I think he could be a bit better on defense, but he's a, a decent defender and just showing up in the big games. I, I think he has to get better at that, but he's a great player and he deserves to be obviously one of the highest paid like, like he is, uh, regardless of what team he's on. So we'll see what happens with him and, but we'll be, follow, we'll be following uh, from close, of course. Yeah, besides being uh, a great all-around player, he's a total mismatch nightmare for any teams in the EuroLeague. And we don't know if a return to the NBA is a possibility, if he'll be playing in the EuroLeague. But wherever he will be playing, he'll for sure will be able to contribute. He's a, a high-level player. Let's not talk about uh, three key players for this Barcelona roster, starting with uh, Tomas Satoransky, the 31-years-old 6'7 Czech guard that averaged this season 8.4 points, 4.3 assists, 3.1 rebounds. 
seven steals in 24 minutes per game. Sato is only in his third EuroLeague season after a long NBA career. All of his EuroLeague seasons were with Barcelona, having returned to the club for this edition of the competition. While he doesn't have many individual awards for us to, to break down on this episode, he is one of the more impactful players on the EuroLeague basketball court. Isn't he, Diogo? Yeah, absolutely, man. We said it all year. Uh, that is one of the best point guards and that him and Mirotic should be the, the best duo every time they step on the court. But uh, he's just such a great point guard. He, his IQ, his experience, obviously, like you said, having a long NBA career, um, his ability to control the pace of the game, his size for the position, and he makes everybody better. I just think he, he should try to improve his ability to create his own shot because usually for him that comes with a, a pick and roll. But uh, I think if he was a, a, a bit better... Uh, in the one-on-one -on -one action without the pick, I think that would make him an uh, even better player because he would be more of a threat to, to score the ball and that would allow other guys to, to be open. And obviously, we know he can get them the ball. So he's one of the best point guards in the EuroLeague. In terms of like a pure floor general, he might be the best. So we'll see what happens with him, if he stays with Barcelona or not. Like Obviously, that budget cut will impact this team in a lot of ways. But we'll see what happens next year. Uh, regardless of where he plays, Barcelona or whatever team it is, He will always be one of the best point guards in EuroLeague. And we are both big fans of his game, so we'll see. I totally agree with you. I think that he can have an even bigger role offensively. We have seen him at times with the Chess national team uh, having big offensive performances. And he, he he's very a very high IQ player and he can make use of his length and of his size to, to play and to, to, to get a shot for himself when he has to. But I agree with you. He He's able to, to have a bigger role and he can be even more aggressive. And this is one of the things that I was speaking about previously. Satoransky had an average of 24 minutes per game. Maybe Maybe on a team or a roster, even within Barcelona, where he will be playing closer to 28, we will see more of him and he will be able to impact even more the game, impact even more the Barcelona or whichever team he's playing for. He's also one of my favorites and for sure one player that is at least a top 10 player within the EuroLeague. But let's continue in Barcelona's backcourt to talk about Nicolas Laprovitola, the 6'2 Argentinian guard that averaged this season 10.4 points, 4.6 assists, 2.2 rebounds, points seven steals in about 24 minutes per game as well, making him another key player for this Barcelona team. Lapro is on his fifth EuroLeague season, all played in Spain, starting with Pasconi, spending two seasons with Real Madrid and the last two with Barcelona. Diogo, what for you makes Laprovitolo one of the key players of this Barcelona roster? Uh, I just think that with a, a point guard like Saruensky, uh, who is a, a big point guard, uh, you, can, you can afford to have a small guy like Laprovitolo playing the two. And with his ability to shoot and to, to space the floor for Saturansky to, to drive, uh, he's such a key guy for this team because he's one of the best shooters in EuroLeague. He's very quick. He, he can drive. He can play the pick and roll. Um, you probably you remember this, obviously, uh, throughout the playoffs and in the Final Four especially. Uh, I said that uh, Laprovitola would have been my backup point guard option uh, when Saransky went to the bench because I think, and we'll get to Jakubaitis in, in a second, but uh, I think uh, Laprovitola would have been a better option because... I don't think the ball sticks with him as much as it does with uh, with Jokubaitis playing the pick and roll. And he's a much better shooter. So I think that would have given Barcelona different looks uh, when their rotation started. But um, obviously, he, he needs to improve his defense. But again, uh, with guys his size, 
it's normal for those guys to struggle. But uh, he's active on defense, like he, he is active with his hands. But uh, of course, maybe he can, he can get a little bit stronger uh, also in his drives to absorb contact better. But uh, in terms of what he does best, which is shooting the ball, he's perfect for Barcelona and for their play style. So obviously, he's a, a big key for this team, no doubt. Yeah, let's see at age 33 what he does moving forward and where his career will take him moving forward. And before we hit our last key player, a shout out to players like Corey Higgins, Nikola Kalinic, Abrines, Mike Toby, Shanley, Kuric, that uh, were all very important players within this Barcelona team and uh, for this Barcelona roster across the, the season. But uh, now it's time to look into Barcelona's front court and to talk about the seven fetal center from Czech Republic, Jan Vesely, that uh, was on his age 33 season. Vesely ended the season with uh, 9.3 points for rebounds per game, but he absolutely took a predominant role on the later stages of the season where in the playoff uh, game 2 against Jalgiris was, he was the game MVP with 26.6 rebounds 2 assists and 1 block. Vesely won the EuroLeague in 2017 with Fenerbahce and was the EuroLeague MVP in 2019 besides having already 3 All-EuroLeague first team nominations. Duke centers they tend to decline faster when they age and Vesely is already 33. Do you think he still have many more years ahead at this level? I mean, obviously, I don't think he's in his prime anymore, but he, he in his prime, he was such a great player. And like you mentioned, he, he was the league MVP and he, he had a great yearly career. Um, but now in, in a more reserved role, I mean, we know he, he mostly comes off the bench here in Barcelona. But uh, his ability to impact the game coming off the bench, like on the boards, he's, a, he's still a lob threat. Physically, he's still in, in great shape. So I, I think he does have a few more years uh, where he can impact the team he's on. But uh, he's a great offensive rebounder. He's a lob threat. He, he's a great roller off screens and he, he can short roll as well to that mid-range, which he developed over the years. I mean, obviously, because of his age, we can see some physical decline, but he's still a very good center and he can still impact any team on EuroLeague. So we'll see what happens with him uh, for the future, but uh, he can still help any team to, to be a contender in EuroLeague, for sure. Yeah, Vesely is one great player to have in a team. He plays always hard and he can contribute to, to a team, even if in a more reduced role right now. He, he was one of the key players for this Barcelona team. Let's end our players' breakdown by talking about players to keep an eye, out, an eye out for the, the future. And uh, this Barcelona team clearly had two of them in James Nagy and uh, Rokas Jakobaitis. James Nagy is a 6'11 Nigerian center with a great mobility for his size that uh, flashed his potential at points during this Euroleague season. He's a great finisher at the rim. He dunks, but he can also, he has some switching ability. He's able to contest a lot of shots. He's a great shot blocker. He had a great contribution during the final four, including the 12 points for rebounds and two blocks during 12 minutes of play in the game for the third place. He's only 18 years old and uh, he's someone to def definitely keeping an eye on moving forward. He has a very good chance to be picked for this NBA draft and either he will continue his career uh, overseas or, new, or uh, in the EuroLeague. He's a player that has the potential to, to become a very good player at his position and on his role. On the other hand, we have the 22 years old Lithuanian guard Rokas Jakobacic that uh, already had a regular role for this Barcelona team playing a total of 13 games where he averaged 14 points, 20, 14 minutes and 28 seconds per game. Jokovic won the 
Premier League rising star on the past season, being already on the, his fifth season in the EuroLeague with the first three playing for Jalgiris. Diogo, take the floor and break down Jokobaitis for our listeners. Yeah, man. Uh, like you guys know, uh, I do think Jokobaitis has talent and, and he's a good prospect. Uh, I just didn't think the fit with this Barcelona group was the best. Like We saw their struggles once the rotation started and I, I'm not blaming Jokobaitis. But uh, he does hold the ball a lot. He plays uh, several pick and rolls within the within the the, the offensive possession. Uh, I think he has the ability to su to succeed if he was on a different team. Like in Barcelona, there's so much pressure to win. And uh, as a young guy, uh, when Sar a guy like Sarovski comes to the bench and you have to fill in that role, it's going to be tough, of course. But uh, Jakubaitis is a, a very good player. He can he's a very good uh, at playing the pick and roll. He can drive. He can stop on a mid range. He can get to the basket. He can pass. But uh, I just didn't think the fit was very good within this group. But uh, I absolutely think he can succeed every, anywhere else. Uh, but with the, the style of player Barcelona, with a, a lot of passing, a lot of shooting, uh, I don't think he was the, the perfect point guard to, to be coming off the bench for them. But uh, I think he's a very good player and he has a, a bright future ahead. Uh, and we'll see what, what he does next year. Uh, he got drafted last year, so... We don't know if he's going to go to the NBA or not, or if he's going to stay in EuroLeague and try a career here. But uh, regardless of that, I, I think he can be a very good prospect for EuroLeague basketball in years to come, for sure. I see him more of a EuroLeague player than an NBA player moving forward. I think he can be quite successful in the EuroLeague, not as much in, in the NBA game. Uh, I agree with everything you said about uh, the way he can create his shot. He can attack the basket. He can um, play Mike a bit. I think a lot of what we saw, and I agree with you on it, but I think a lot of what we saw, it was a result of the way that the rotations of Barcelona were happening. I think he would have benefited himself to play alongside La Provital, for example, in the, the second unit. Um, we saw him many times running that second unit with uh, Kuric, with um, two bigs at the same time, and he ended up being the only ball handler, so the ball sticking to his hand was also on him, but it was also a result of the way of the units he was playing with, and I think in another role in another team he can be quite successful and, and it is a player to, to keep an eye on that um, is, he's only 22 and he can still give good steps moving forward and become one of the predominant guards of the, the EuroLeague. But let's end this episode talking about Barcelona coach Saron Jacica Vicius, the Lithuanian coach that uh, is the head coach of Barcelona since 2020, after being the head coach of Jalgiris between 2016 and 2020. Jacica Vicius has a very rich career as a player and had had some good results as a coach of Jalgiris and seems to be on his way to continue ahead of this Barcelona team next season with uh, the situation still being fluid at the moment of the recording of this podcast but we have heard that he's willing to have a salary reduction to continue ahead of this team Duke what uh, are your thoughts regarding coach Jacica Vicius okay so first of all uh, I don't doubt that he's a, a good coach or a good leader because I think he is a very good leader for that for this team but the fact is and like I said about Miritich When you have this type of roster for this many years and you don't win, I mean, the blame has to go somewhere. Like, you can't just say, oh, it happened, we lost, it was a bad game. Like, when that happens year after year after year, something has to change. So we already know that the budget is going to change. So a lot of players are going to be coming, uh, getting out and coming in. We'll see which players are there. But uh, in terms of coaching, uh, there are reports that uh, he might stay with Barcelona and he might take a pay cut. But uh, I think this team might need a change. And I think him, he also needs a change. Because when you have so many years uh, of not reaching your goals with the same core, 
I mean, it gets kind of frustrating, and I think a, a new beginning would be better for everybody involved. But uh, I think they played a, a good style, and like you said, the, I think the rotations were kind of the the big problem here because they were never able to to replicate what the starters were doing, and you could clearly see a, a big fall off once the rotation started. But uh, we're gonna have to wait and see what happens with uh, with Coach Sarunas and with Barcelona. But uh, we're gonna be here for it, man. Uh, I can't wait to figure out what's going what's going to happen so that we can break down and, and preview the next season. Uh, you couldn't be more on point regarding this. For me, it's exactly that. It's not about him being a bad coach. I think he's a good coach and he's shown good coaching ability with Chalgiris. It's about the fit not being good or simply both parts of the team and the coach needing different things to, to be able to, to progress and to keep moving forward. And that's, I agree with you. I think probably Barcelona could use a coaching change, but with so many moving pieces over there, we, we will have to wait and see. And you guys should tune in for our preview ahead of the, the start of the season where we will be speaking about everything that happened in this offseason for Barcelona. I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, European Hoops episode. A reminder that uh, every Monday and Wednesday, we will bring you our team's breakdowns for all the 18 teams, followed by our World Cup coverage ahead of the, the starting of the the next Euroleague season. Subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Itos Euroleague, where we bring you any news that break about the competition, must-watch games, injury reports, and our daily trades in the end of each day of the competition, bringing you all the highlights of the action. My name is André, and I'll be seeing you guys soon. Bye, guys. See you on next episode.